0: Uh, wonderful to be here with you this evening. Uh, this message, uh, well, I, I can't hear from all of you what you might think about this, but I, I am a little curious. Uh, it's basically some of my thoughts uh, about American Christianity. Uh, the sermon title was too long to print there in your bulletin. Really, it's Uh, Three spiritual or Christian practices slash disciplines largely ignored by the church in America. Now, I know that my audience right here is not the typical American Christian. And, uh, I mean, I don't know where you are all at, but, you know, I would say that, that most of you probably have two out of the three fairly well. The third one could be a little iffy. We'll see. Uh, I took one out, that was fasting, so you can go, he's not going to talk about fasting, good. Uh, So we're not going to discuss that, although that could easily be included uh, in this list. Um, The Galatians 6 passage is going to kind of uh, serve as a foundation of this message, Uh, during my three points I'm going to refer to other scripture passages, but then my third point I'm going to... Cycle back around and and look at the Galatians passage. Uh, But I invite you uh, now to uh, look to God's word in Galatians uh, 6, and I'll be reading verses 1 to 10. Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else, for each one should carry his own load. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. Just thought I need to tell my students that verse in a couple weeks. Anyway, uh, verse 7, do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows, the one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. The word of the Lord. A great athlete does not stop training. An excellent musician does not quit practicing. And a good teacher, a good teacher does not cease to learn. So what about the devoted disciple of Jesus Christ? How would you describe that person? Well, I I would say this. A devoted disciple of Jesus Christ is 100% satisfied with God's grace and yet never satisfied with our response to God's grace. There's always a seeking of more, always a pressing on, always ways to grow in our walk with Jesus Christ. And so we have these uh, three Christian spiritual practices that often can be ignored by people, and yet these practices are so helpful in our our walk, our journey to grow deeper in our faith. And I I share these not to say, oh, you know, you need to get with it and work harder, but it's as we participate in these spiritual practices that it puts our heart in the right place of humility before God so that God's spirit can, can shape and mold our desires and our motives and lead us in a path that is God's will for our life. So, what are these three spiritual practices largely ignored? Now, the first one, I mean, I, maybe I just I have to say Um, It it is simply this, read the Bible every day. Now, this is the stereotypical application for sermons. At the end of sermons, ah, you need to pray more and read the Bible more, correct? And uh, here, I put this right at the beginning of the message, and uh, I guess, you know, this will be my my shortest point. Um, What I want to say about this is that it should be automatic, that every serious disciple of Jesus Christ read, reads God's Word every day. As I was thinking about this, I thought maybe I should have rephrased that point. Every serious Christian should feed on God's Word every day. Too often, there are Christians who, they just fit the Bible in when they get a chance, or... They'll read the Bible every day, but it's just really kind of a checklist. Okay, it's good to read the Bible, I know that, I'll read it, check, and now I'll move on. And so I guess the the point of, of this point is, how is God challenging you to feed on God's word more? For some, it is simply, I've got to make this a priority every day. I've got to make this a priority every day. And for some, it's, you know, I I need to, to maybe shift my Bible reading so it becomes more of feeding, that I meditate upon it. I really am devoting time to God's word. You know, think about the things that you're devoted to do, you're devoted to every day. Okay? Now, not a lot of you, but some of you in here are devoted to Instagram, okay? Raise your back row. Anybody in the back row devoted to Instagram? Well, there are people, devoted people under 25 or I don't know, under 30. Devoted. Oh, every day got to look at Instagram or Facebook. Every day, Facebook. The average Facebook user, they've come up with how much time they devote to Facebook every day. When I look at the time, I'm like, my, that would make a great devotional time. I'm not knocking Facebook. It has a, has a, there's, I mean, it can be abused, but it also can be a wonderful thing. The question is, what do you devote yourself to every day? For myself, you know, I was thinking about this, and I thought, you know what? Every day, um, I make sure to check my email. A we'll little respond email, and I, ju- I just do this. I mean, I make sure I do it every day. I also like to uh, read the news every day. You know, and this is a good thing. I'm devoted to that. How devoted are we to feed on God's word every single day? How devoted are we? Um, When I think about it, and, and I think about my students, I think it is a shame that American Christians are not more devoted to God's word. I mean, when you get what this is, Almighty God, his communication to us, what a blessing, what a gift. Why are we not more devoted to this? Am I intending to create a little guilt? Yes. Am I intending to make people feel rotten? Well, Well, no, because really... It's an invitation to spend time with a wonderful thing, a blessing that God gives us. It is this. And uh, so I just uh, challenge people to think about what they're devoted to, how they spend their time, and uh, not simply reading God's word every day, but feeding on God's word every day. Second, spiritual discipline largely ignored Uh, discernment, uh, biblical discernment, and uh, let me explain, you know, what what I'm thinking about this. Uh, First of all, here are two Bible passages that are New Testament passages that uh, uh, relate or or harken back to the Old Testament. First Corinthians 10.14, therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. Obviously referring back to the Old Testament when the children of Israel really struggled with this idolatry in the surrounding nations. 2 Corinthians 7.1, <clears throat> therefore come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Again, the nation of Israel was surrounded by the other, uh, these other nations and every single other nation worshipped idols and this was a temptation for theirs and God says flee. Now uh, passages addressed to the church specifically, uh, Romans uh, twelve nine, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Colossians 3, 5, put to death, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry, and 1 Peter 1, 15 to 16. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Almighty God is holy. And he calls his people to be holy from the very beginning of creation, all through the Old Testament, through the New Testament, to our lives Today. It is a message that is a common, huge theme throughout the entire Bible. Be holy. And therefore, when it comes to sin, there are words like flee. Not walk slowly away looking behind your shoulder as you walk. It's run. Words like hate and put to death. Think about it. Fairly strong words. When it comes to sin, point sin is to have zero influence in our lives. Zero influence. Now, the problem here is that uh, people often will give excuses uh, and and, and shy away from true biblical discernment. Here are some of the excuses people can give. It's not a big deal. Come on. You're being too picky. Oh, yes, it was a little lie. But it's not that big of a deal. Okay, so I said something unkind. Oh, I sure I posted a little comment online. It wasn't nice, but it was the truth and it could have been worse. Not a big deal. People may not say that, but they'll think that at times and try to rationalize sin. Another excuse is instead of using the word sin, using the word inappropriate. I, I hear this, my God. Oh, well, yes, I know that was inappropriate. Now, there is an appropriate way to use the word inappropriate. I'm not against the word. But I highly doubt that when Almighty God looks at sin, he goes, well, that was inappropriate. There's times when it comes to sin, we don't use that word, and yet I do hear people uh, use that word, even though there are contexts in which it's good. Uh, Next excuse. Well, it's, it's not as bad as it could be. Not as bad as it could be. Oh, sure, that's a sensual image, but at least she has a bathing suit on. It's not as bad as it could be. And then uh, lastly, uh, an excuse. Well, it's all right because I don't participate in that sin. I don't do that. I just enjoy thinking about it. Now, nobody's going to come out and say that, but that's really what's going on. Oh, yes. Oh, I know that's bad. Yes, that's bad. Okay, sure, there's a little discernment there, and yet, I still like filling my mind with that sin. I, I enjoy thinking about it. So, how do we live out biblical discernment? Now, this, uh, this one could be uh, talked about a, a lot more. There is so much more to say about living out biblical discernment. I'm just going to uh, cover a, a few points here. Uh, First of all, I I think it's important to think about what's the foundation of discernment. The foundation of discernment is not to have some self-righteous preacher look down on the congregation and say, you scum Christians, get your act together and wag my little finger at you, okay? This is not the foundation of discernment. My point is, the foundation of discernment is not just somebody giving you a guilt trip. The foundation of biblical discernment, it is God's grace. Almighty God, who is absolutely holy, knows we cannot be holy on our own. And so he sent the Lord Jesus Christ so our sins could be forgiven, so that we could be declared holy. Holy. If I am forgiven of my sin, my biggest problem that I have, and I am completely forgiven, then my my response that I want to do with all of my heart, it is to live a holy life before God, and part of that is biblical discernment, looking at this world, calling right, right, and wrong, wrong. This is my response to God's grace. Now, living out discernment, I'm not saying that we should retreat. I'm not advocating that we, we all right now sell all, move to northern Canada to some town population 10 that's completely cut off from the rest of society and say, oh, finally, we're away from the worldly world. Now we can be pure. Uh, now, if you come from a town in northern Canada, population 10, that's good. I'm not putting that down. But my, my point is we don't need to retreat. Our good God has created, He's created a good world, and part of God's creation is, is, is not, just, it's not just nature. Part of His creation is, is the capacity for us to form society and culture. And so we are called as Christians to be light and salt in the world, not retreating from the world. So yes, we are called to be in the world, and in the world, we discern. We discern following God's way revealed to us in his word that now we read and meditate upon every single day. So we don't retreat, but at the same time, we don't participate in sin. Now, this is kind of obvious. There are certain things that are very obviously sin, and, and we, should not, you know, we should not do these things. You know, get drunk, swearing at people. I, I could go on and on, but you know, we don't sin. We don't participate in sin. But then I'd also like to say this is a tough one. Uh, we don't enjoy sin. It's tough because uh, how do you how do you decide this? It can be difficult, and to be honest, Christians can disagree with this, you know, on, on where you do, where you draw the line. Uh, the point I want to make is to enjoy sin is not biblical discernment. If you don't participate but you still enjoy it, you are not being biblically discerning. So, uh, you know, we're, uh, we're constantly uh, inundated with the world's message, constantly thinking, you know, as a Christian, how do I live in this world? You know, we, we watch a movie. Okay, watch a movie. This is a, a common thing. We watch a movie. But when we watch a movie, we need to be discerning. You know, where is, where is the good? In this, where is the truth, and and where is the sin? I do not like that sin. I hate that sin. Even if we're there and we see this movie, and if we begin to enjoy it, then we have lost out on biblical discernment. And uh, I I guess the reason why I'm saying this is because um, I just feel that a lot of my students are are not there with this one. Uh, Well, part of it is maybe just... You know, high school, you, you're curious, and you want to experiment and, 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 and see, and, oh, this seems enticing, you know, and, and uh, there's a lot of temptation out there, and uh, temptation to enjoy sin, uh, should not enjoy sin. Uh, music, uh, when it comes to music, uh, eh, Christians are going to disagree on, you know, what songs are... Good or not, I'm fine with that. But I fear this that when it comes to like music, pop culture will rule the day more than God's word. If something's really popular, then people are going to gravitate to it, Christian, non Christian. Oh, wow, this is popular. That rules the day. And I'd like to question that one. Oh, I don't know. Obviously, holiness is more important than happiness. But our world's way is happiness is more important than holiness. And uh, this this uh, call to biblical discernment, I think, is really, it is crucial for the church of Jesus Christ to maintain its edge of salt and light in this world. Now, again, uh, we could... There's so much more to say about this one. We're going to, we're going to move on, and uh, I agree there's, uh, uh, Christians aren't always going to you know, come down on the same, same page on this, and yet still we need to deal with the issue of you know, what's right and wrong, and am I enjoying sin? Uh, last, last, confession of sin to others. Three spiritual disciplines, practices largely ignored by the American church. Being utterly, utterly committed to reading God's word every day. True biblical discernment in a culture that's throwing us junk all the time. And then uh, third, confession of sin to others. Uh, James 5.16, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful. And effective. Acts 19:18 many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. In the early church, trailblazing missionary Paul is witnessing for Jesus forming churches and there were people convicted by God's spirit and openly confessed uh, their sin. Uh, and then Galatians 6. If someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. You know, there were times of revival in American church history where uh, I'm thinking of like Jonathan Edwards in the First Great Awakening in the 1700s, and uh, there was a powerful move of God, and, and the conviction of sin just kind of just fell on people, and they're openly confessing their sins. And uh, this, happened, this has happened uh, well, a number of times, but not all the time, a number of times throughout American church history. Uh, the last time that I recall hearing this type of thing happen uh, was about 25 years ago, to be off on the dates, but a little while ago, at Wheaton College, and uh, it was in the news. And at Wheaton College, there was a chapel, and there began to be a, a confession of sin, and students just stayed for the rest of the day into the night, came back the next day, and it was uh, quite a stirring among the students there uh, uh, through the chapel of confession of sin to one another. Now, another uh, way in which this is worked out is when a person, as a matter of of discipline, will uh, meet with another person or a small group of people to simply be vulnerable and honest about one's life. The sin and the struggle this person is going through. Confession of sin to others. Now, of course, there can be excuses with this. One excuse is, well, I can confess my sin on my own. God is the one who forgives sin. To which I I would reply, you're exactly right. Yes, and amen, and we should do this. However, as humans, we are weak and we need the support of the Christian community of other people. Some may say it's too embarrassing. It's too embarrassing. Well, okay, true. Like, if, if we began, you know, and each person shared right now the most shameful thing they've ever done, which we're not going to do, obviously, this would be embarrassing, okay? ah, yeah, embarrassing. However, we all have issues. We all have and do struggle with sin. It's not like, oh, it's embarrassing for you cuz you're worse. No, we're all weak as humans. And the embarrassment excuse kind of it leads into the third excuse, excuse which is uh, you won't say it, but you'll, you know, it'll be there, too proud proudful. I'm not going I'm not going to confess my sins to others. No. I'm not going not going to do that. Proverbs 16:18, pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before a fall. We are all weak. And I, I believe it's in God's word. I believe we need to confess our sins to others. Um, now, living it out, living it out. Interestingly, uh, the secular world gets this, uh, at least on one topic. Uh, and that would be alcoholism. A person that's an alcoholic, uh, they need, they must... Recognize first, I have a problem and it's affecting others. And then, secondly, they must recognize they cannot solve the problem on their own. They need people around them supporting them with this problem. This is just, it's kind of acknowledged as common wisdom in our world. Well, I agree with that. And the point I want to make is yes. That's important for alcoholics. Well, I struggle with sin, and I, I need that as well. Now, in order to live this out, we need to understand the importance of the Christian community. Now, think about this. God's God's word is not addressed to Lone Ranger Christians. The Old Testament is to the people of God, the children of Israel. The New Testament is to the people of God, the church. And yes, the Spirit of God works personally and individually in people's lives, although it is in the context of church. And then we need to reflect and pray about how we are giving in to sin. Because we as humans, we can rationalize. We can explain away or just shut out of our mind. And uh, we just need to be brutally honest with ourselves, and uh, then, well, we need to, I believe, confess our sins to others. Uh, Let me share with you how I do this. Uh, First of all, uh, I have made a commitment, a commitment to myself, I guess, no secret sins in my life. To be honest with you, this scares me. It does. To have secret sins and then be in the church, I just, it's its a double life, it's burdensome, and the freedom of having no secret sins is wonderful, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. So it begins with this. It's this commitment, no secret sins. Now, in my specific context of how I live, I, I live in a house with a wife, and with uh, children. And and am uh, kind of glad my wife isn't here this evening. It's good. Uh, anyway, so, but, but in this, my, obviously, my wife, she knows me. She sees me. She, what I like about, well, there's a lot of, that I like about her. And she's really cute, too. But anyway, but what she does is she'll call me on stuff. She'll, what did you want? No, 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 okay? And, uh, this is a good thing. This is a good thing, and and I will have to say, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you know. And, and uh, we need to say sorry to people. But my wife is really good for that because wow, she knows me so well, and uh, there's uh, there's that closeness, that accountability, and that honesty and openness in our relationship. Uh, so that's that's one way. Uh, the other way. And as I've as as I've just gone through life, I will tell you, I feel the absolute need for this for me. Okay, I, I do. Uh, there is another man that I meet with about twice a month, and I have told that guy, and I've committed to that guy, I am going to be honest with where I'm at, with God, with sin. I am going to be honest with him and he has made that commitment to me as well and we will meet together we will share and to be honest with you sometimes it's a little embarrassing but guess what we're all weak and so we share and we support one another in prayer and I believe in that time of prayer and support God is with us And he is working through our lives and strengthening us in the faith. This is one of those spiritual disciplines that I think is so important and so ignored in the church of Jesus Christ. So in conclusion, how is God challenging you this evening to to step it up? Not as an athlete or a musician or as a a teacher, those are all good, but how is God challenging you to, to step it up as a disciple of Jesus Christ? How is God challenging you to perhaps be more committed to feeding on God's word, to be more honest and courageous about biblical discernment in the world in which we live? And or to take a a new step in life and be committed to being honest with someone else or a small group of people and confessing sin to one another.